Hello and welcome to 31 Days of Terror, day number 10. And we are one third of the way through, ladies and gentlemen. And I have four spooky stories for you today. And story number one comes from Kieran. We live in Liverpool. And at the time of this story, it was my wife, myself and our one-year-old daughter, Lily, who lived in the house. In 2018, we lost my wife's godfather and my granddad. And both were known for being practical jokers. On the morning of the Godfather's death, our alarm system randomly deactivated itself and the whole light came on before switching off. A few days later, our daughter was supposed to be going to sleep, laying with me in the bedroom, when she sat up, looked over to a dark corner of the room and started laughing. This happened on and off until his funeral, when it stopped, and only happened again shortly after my granddad died six months later, again stopping once my granddad had been cremated. Not saying it's definitely paranormal, but it certainly provided some comfort to us while also being a bit creepy. I feel like that should be like my podcast and tagline. Comforting, but a bit creepy. Because that's what people say to me all the time. They're like, your voice is comforting, but you're also a bit creepy. And, you know, it's the biggest compliment that you can get, I think, as a spooky storyteller. Most definitely. And I just, you know, I love these stories where people are getting comfort from the loved one that has passed who is coming back to kind of make themselves known in an in an innocuous way and it makes me really happy and if it brings you comfort that is what matters and story number two comes from Rianne my father's father died years before I was born but I actually met him when I was 17 years old it's somewhat embarrassing but I've always been afraid of the dark in fact I still am At 17, I was six and a half months pregnant and just starting to get in that big and wobbly phase of my pregnancy. I was living with my boyfriend at his father's house. It was November, so it was winter time and the heater vent in mine and my boyfriend's room had stopped working that day. My boyfriend and his dad both had to work that night so they couldn't fix the heater situation until morning. Obviously, I couldn't sleep in there with no heat, so I was going to sleep in my boyfriend's dad's room for the night. I don't think I had even been in that room before that night, so it was a little awkward to sleep in his bed, but I didn't really have a choice. He didn't have a lamp for me to leave on, so I left on the overhead light and went to sleep. I was fast asleep and at around 1am I woke up because I felt a hand on my leg. I opened my eyes and saw a man sitting on the side of my bed. He was wearing a brown suit and had an obnoxiously large moustache. I only had a second to realise that there was a man I didn't know sitting next to me with his hand on my leg. I didn't even have time to sit up or react in any way before all of the power went out. It was suddenly completely dark in the room. My fear of the dark is so severe that it didn't even occur to me that I should be very concerned with the fact that I was now in the pitch dark with a stranger. My only concern was to get out of that dark house. The only reason I was able to safely navigate my way out the back door is because I woke up before the lights went out. That few seconds before the lights went out gave me a chance to get my bearings and remember where I was. If I'd woken up even one minute later in the dark, there was a good chance I would have killed myself and the baby trying to get out of the house. It wasn't until a couple of years later when I told my sister about it that she told me that I was describing our grandfather, right down to the suit he was buried in. She also told me that shortly after her son was born, she fell asleep driving with my nephew in the car. She said she woke up because she felt his hand on her arm and she saw him. My sister-in-law was also saved but she didn't actually see him. She woke up to the sound of footsteps in the hallway. She woke my brother up and made him go check it out. 
He didn't find any evidence of an intruder when he went downstairs to check it out. He could hear the carbon monoxide monitor going off in the basement. If he hadn't gone downstairs, they may never have woken up. My sister and I are convinced it was our grandfather. We think maybe he is saving the newest generation to make up for being such a bastard in life. I won't go into the specifics, but I will say that while he was alive, my grandfather was a horrible human being. Children of abusers can often become abusers themselves, so his behaviour very much affected me and my siblings. We think he is trying to redeem himself. I suppose we can forgive him for our bad childhoods, since he has saved our children. Rianne, I just want to tell you that I am also a proud member of the Terrified of the Dark Club. I have two nightlights in my bedroom that are on every single night. And the hallway light has to be on in case I need to get up to go for a wee in the middle of the night. So you are not alone. Don't ever be embarrassed about being afraid of the dark. I'm also deathly afraid of the dark. And I, I feel like my fear of the dark is getting worse as I get older. I remember being younger and being able to sleep in the dark, but I can't do it anymore. So don't be embarrassed about it. It sounds like you all have a guardian angel in that man. And like, it's hard, right? Because like you said, he was a bastard in real life before he died. And it's hard to kind of see him in that positive way. But it's so strange that you all had similar experiences. And obviously, like as a new mother, any kind of mother, any kind of parent, you are going to be exhausted because kids take a lot. Kids take a lot of time. They take a lot of energy and it's I think it's perfectly normal for people to have those near misses but like that seems like that man you know woke, woke you up and woke your sister up and your sister-in-law to protect you guys which is you know it's pretty amazing and story number three comes from Emma this story happened not to me but to my dad's friend we moved into a new house for two years and the area was fairly nice but we would get a few car break-ins and sometimes this group of teenagers would egg our cars really late at night. After we moved out from that house, we had my dad's friend who had recently moved to the United States from Chile live in that house for a few months and he is more spiritual and is more sensitive to paranormal activity. He would have several moments of uneasy or actually surprisingly peaceful moments when he felt that spirit. One event that happened was a lot stronger and more vivid and he genuinely could not explain it. One night when he was sleeping, he heard a basketball bouncing against his window seal. It did scare him at first, because it was two in the morning and it wasn't windy or anything. After a few more times of the basketball hitting against the window, he looked down to see what was going on. He saw the basketball, but not whoever kept doing that. But he took it as a warning because he then saw two guys run off and his neighbour's car alarm start wailing at 2am. They had broken into his neighbour's car and he saw it all happen. He doesn't speak a lot of English so he wasn't able to warn any of the other neighbours. Also it was two in the morning. This experience really showed to me that spirits don't always have bad intentions and sometimes they're looking out for us in the best ways they know how. Regardless he was still extremely freaked out by this and he moved out the next week. I think they do sometimes have good intentions you know. I think sometimes spirits are here to look out for us like the last story showed like this story showed. That sometimes it's not necessarily a bad thing and sometimes we get stories where people say that they felt like a real sense of peace when they experienced an entity or a spirit. I mean, other times it just freak people the shit out. But still, you know, there is some good intentions there. The impact isn't always positive, but the intentions are good. And story number four comes from Jem. When I was four years old, my beloved dad died of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. 
He was unwell for most of my life and fought so hard. He was 30 years old when he died. One of my earliest memories is of myself waking up one morning not long after Dad had passed away and feeling the pressure of someone sat at the end of my bed. I looked at the end of my bed and there was my dad in his hospital gown, sat down at the foot of my bed watching me and smiling. I heard him say that everything would be okay. I turned to pick up my glasses from my bedside table and when I looked back he was gone. I close my eyes now and still see it vividly. Being only four years old I remember feeling so giddy and so happy that I had seen my daddy again after I had been told that he was gone. I got out of bed and ran into my mum's bedroom. I remember bursting in and shouting, I've just seen daddy, I've just seen daddy, he was sat on my bed, to my mum. I told her what I saw and what he said. I distinctly remember how my mum never once showed any doubt in what I was telling her. I've since found out that my dad being sat at the end of my bed was not the only thing to have happened in our house that morning. My mum has since told me that before I went running into her room to tell her that I had just seen daddy, she was awoken by someone's hand affectionately stroking down her cheek, just the once. She said that after the hand had stroked her cheek, she could still feel the afterfeel of where the hand had stroked. Like if you were to do it yourself now, you can feel where you've touched for a few seconds afterwards. She also heard his voice telling her that everything would be okay. She has since told me that these experiences with my dad actually happened on the morning of his funeral. I have not seen my dad since, and I truly believe he came to say goodbye to us that morning. My mum remarried a wonderful man when I was eight and is still married to this day. She also had another child with my stepdad, my sister. My mum is very spiritual and does seem to attract the paranormal. For example, she knew that I was pregnant before I did, and knew that many other people were pregnant before they did, for that matter. I also remember one other time when we were in the car with my granddad, and as we were driving along, she suddenly went stiff and said to him, Don't drive down that road, something bad will happen. Of course he drove down there anyway, as it was part of the route, but he did crash his car and completely righted off down that road. She also dreams a lot of things that come true. My mum and my stepdad have owned and ran a village country pub in the West Midlands for 22 years and counting. My mum openly admits the pub is haunted and even my non-believer stepdad and my non-believer husband have experienced things that they can't explain. The pub was built in around 1870 and is a listed building and the next two stories are from encounters in the pub, although there are many more. The first story is from when I was around 15. My mum had an event on in the pub one day. It was either a birthday party or a christening I can't remember. Myself and my mum were both downstairs early one Sunday morning making the buffet for the guests of the event that was being held in the pub. There is only one way into the pub from upstairs and that is through the kitchen where we were. The front door of the pub was locked and bolted from the inside, as it always is when the pub is closed. My stepdad and sister were both flat out asleep in bed. Only me and mum were up. As I was buttering a loaf for some sandwiches and my mum was chopping some salad, we both heard a very loud and distinct ringing sound from the bar. Above the bar at the end hangs a very old bell with some thick heavy rope hanging from it. It would have been used by customers to get served or get attention back in the day. A service bell, I suppose. It was that bell that was ringing. My mum sighed, thinking that someone was in the pub waiting for a pint and said, Ugh, 
Your stepdad must have forgotten to lock the bloody door before bed last night. Just run in and tell them that we aren't open yet and then lock the door after them. I put down my butter knife and opened the door to go into the pub. I walked from the kitchen, through the pool room and into the pub and there was nobody there. The front door was closed, locked and bolted from the inside. I went back to mum in the kitchen and told her there was nobody there and that the door was locked. My mum looked at me confused and then the bell rang again but this time much louder. We both stared at each other. This time we both went to the pub. Sure enough the pub was empty and the door was locked. We both quickly walked back to the kitchen and closed the door to the pub behind us. You definitely heard that didn't you? My mum asked and I told her that I 100% did. Then there was an almighty bang on the kitchen door from the pub side like a single loud knock with a fist. We looked at each other and I shook my head to indicate that I wasn't going to engage and open that door and my mum nodded in agreement. There were no other sounds that morning but that area of the pub is a spooky one. The run from the bar to the kitchen. A pool room is between the bar and the kitchen and my mum has many times heard people talking, laughing and playing pool in there while she was in the kitchen but the pub is shut and nobody is there. That run of the pub is always cold and my mum's three border collies have all refused to walk through it at certain times. That part of the pub is actually an extension to the listed building and before the extension was built, the land that it is built on was used as a route for miners to walk to and from work. And just to add to all of this, my non-believer stepdad has seen a man in a flat cap and work clothes walking through this section of the pub towards the kitchen before. That was not long after we moved there and knew the history. My mum calls it Spooky Corner and I must say that everyone agrees. The second story is my brother-in-law's. I'd moved out when this experience occurred. My mum and stepdad were on holiday and my sister and her husband were house-sitting the pub for a fortnight when they were away. One afternoon my brother-in-law got home from work when the pub was shut. He got out of his car and saw my sister behind the bar through the window. Instead of going around the back to get in, my brother-in-law went to the front door where the bar is located and where he saw my sister and knocked on the door so she could let him in and save the walk. My sister didn't respond, so my brother-in-law knocked again. After knocking again, he saw my sister walk out from behind the bar and back towards the kitchen, where Spooky Corner was, completely ignoring him. So my brother-in-law ended up going around the back and letting himself in. He went into the kitchen and my sister was not there, she wasn't in the pub either. So we went upstairs to the living quarters. My sister was just getting out of the shower. My brother-in-law asked why she had ignored him when he knocked at the front door to be let in. And my sister told him she had been upstairs all afternoon and in the shower for the last 15 minutes and had no idea what he was on about. It wasn't her. My stepdad has also had a similar experience. But he thought it was my mum ignoring him behind the bar while he was knocking on the front door. There are many strange goings-on in that pub that still happen now. For example, I was there the other day while the kids were at school having a brew with my mum when I heard a very loud bang above me and clumpy footsteps walked across the bedroom upstairs. I said to my mum, Oh, I didn't know my stepdad was home. The car's out. I thought the footsteps were him coming down to say hello. My mum replied, Oh, he's not at home. It's only me and you in. I hear those footsteps all the time. Yes, it's strange, but it doesn't feel unpleasant. It's like the pub is an old soul with all these different tales and energies in it and it's purely fascinating. 
And also it's a very good conversation starter, I must say. I love that description of the pub as an old soul with all these different tales and energies in it. What a lovely way of describing it, like the pub as its own entity. And all of these different stories have taken place within it. And sometimes it lets you know that, you know, it has this fascinating history and all of these things have happened in there. And it kind of feels like the bell, the knocks, the footsteps, even seeing the woman behind the bar, like that kind of all feels like it's residual. And just in terms of your dad and the story about your dad, again, absolutely lovely story. And I, I'd like to think as well that your mom at the time probably took great comfort in it because I'm sure that she would have thought, oh, you imagined him stroking your face like that didn't happen. And then to have little four-year-old you who probably didn't really understand what was happening coming in and going, oh, I've just, I've just seen daddy. Daddy's just been in the room with me. It must have really given her such comfort and peace. Um, also, as an aside, let me know where that pub is. Would love to come and visit at some point. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Kieran, Rianne, Emma and Jem for sending in your stories. Remember, if you would like to send in your story, you can send it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com. You can also check out the website, reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. If you are desperate for extra content, you can sign up to patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content and every single main and mini episode completely ad free. And on that note, I shall see you tomorrow. 